Okay, lay down. Lay down. Good boy. You stay right there, okay? You stay. You can see me. You're fine. <laughs> Are we recording? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> can I bark orders at you? Uh, Patrick, do yeah, the intro. Do the intro to, right now. To those of you listening, not watching, we have a dog in the studio. That is what yeah. that was about. He's got some issues. Buster the dog. That's who, right. Who's been here for a few episodes of the road, the stage over the last year it's, and a bit, right? It's been a little while, so it feels kind of new to him, I think. But yeah. he's fine. What's he been listening to lately? Uh, everything. <laughs> he's been listening to the podcast a lot. He's probably the only member of the family that actually that listens, actually listens wow. and goes from start to finish. So That is beautiful. He is a good boy. It's a Sunday here in Red Deer, Alberta. It's a work day. for me. Uh, you've been gallivanting around a little bit? Yeah, I had a busy weekend. I'm pretty tired. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I got a couple buddies were in Calgary for the weekend, so, but they're also working at the same time. They're doing a film shoot. Oh. Which is like crazy hours. So. The Last of Us? No, 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 no. That's the only no, thing I know. No, no. It seems like everybody's talking about that, and it seems like it's been filming for like a year. <sighs> Long time, yeah. I haven't seen much about it lately, but yeah, I'm excited to see that. Should okay. be interesting. Well, did you want to have a little nappy nap? Did you want to lay down with the dog? I would love. I would love. I might have a nap after this. We'll see. Um, so, Peter Michaels, you had a big weekend. You had a, a kid go through a graduation. Two out of three graduated now. One to go. Wow. You got a couple more years. Three, three years. Two, two more years. Oh, and then the two. last oh, one's done. So I know. How old am I? What was the? Do you know what the song, the grad song was? That's the thing, right? No, I, like if it was, I, you know what? I'm sure they picked the songs, but it was so different. Like f for my graduation, which was small town and much, much smaller, you know, the arena's full. We come out and we do a little circle around yeah, yeah. a couple of times and yeah. do a little routine. The, this was, I mean, sh the high school, I'm sure there's probably a thousand grads. Holy. Maybe, maybe that's over. That might be a little that's high, huge. but anyways, it's a big grad class and they had to s break it up into three separate um, chunks. So, but anyways, for the grand march, I guess they call it. Okay. They had, there was music playing. Yeah. But basically, they just the kids file up onto the stage, and everybody's there, and they can take pictures when their kid goes, and they come down the stage, and that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. The procession. So, there was music playing, but as to if they had a particular song, I have no idea. No specific song. Riley, did you have a specific song for your high school grad? <laughs> I, think my, I think mine was probably just like Good Riddance or something. Yeah. Ours, I think that was it. Ours was uh, The Dance. Because it was, I graduated in 92. So the dance being? Garth Brooks. Oh. Pretty huge, the dance. Garth Brooks. And then uh, that was right in the heart of my hair metal days. Yeah. So there's a band called Slaughter, and they had a song called Days Go By. Okay. And that was very fitting, I thought. Uh, most people fought against it, but I got it snuck in as the secondary song. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Did you do, did you guys have a radio station in your high school? No. Or like morning announcements or anything? No? Okay. No. Well, maybe morning announcements. We did, I don't remember. Um, so the interview, uh, there's a show tonight at Bo's, um, and uh, it is actually one of the, the, the artists that's going to be there. Yes. Which you're very excited very about, Very excited right? about. That is a band I don't miss. Uh, when was the last time the Trues were in Red Deer? Well, I want to I say it was 2019, and when we talked to Altamita a few episodes ago, right. they had made mention of that night that the Trues were here, and right. it was a minus 40 degree night. Right. I want to say it was a Sunday as well, because this one's on a Sunday. Was that a memorial show? Uh, no, that was at Bose. Oh, shit, okay. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was cold. And I just, I remember that night starting out. Out and the crowd not being totally into it because again I think it was a Sunday night minus forty out yeah and it took a while for things to get fired up for sure once they did how many how many times have you seen the truth like a lot at least ten yeah yeah, oh, yeah. I'd be double digits yeah. for sure and we got some we got some music announcements this week for Westerner Days right that's right the Red Deer version of 
the summer fair slash stampede. Turns out we did have a little bit. Of we it. did have the scoop. We had an exclusive about a month yeah. early too, which is nice. Core Blund is coming coming back to Red Deer to play Westerner Days, and then Billy Talent. Billy Talent, right? And Alan Doyle. Alan Doyle, right? Which um, I don't, is there a rift? Alan Doyle and Great Big C. Is there a reason? That's that a Great good Big question. I don't know. I know he's been doing his solo stuff it's for a long, long time. time, right? And but, I'm sure uh, he does all the Great Big C stuff. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, do you know anything about openers? I don't know. I didn't I see anything, anything about, about that, openers. right? Yeah. No, I'm assuming they Usually there's at least two something. acts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's pretty good. I mean, personally, from my perspective, compared to previous years, it's a much more modern step in the <laughs> In the right direction. And the one comment I've seen a lot so far is there's something for everyone. Truly, truly this time. Sometimes it does get a little one-sided one way or the other. And then the other thing that they're doing, uh, this I think this is the first time, is they're charging for tickets. Oh, okay. So normally it's a free show. And I kind of, I like the idea of charging for tickets because that way a lot of times people would go in and it's free. So they'd go in, they'd watch a couple songs. Yeah, that's fair. Bomb out again. That's fair. Whereas this time you're you're paying. So you get your paid admission with... Do you tickets. know how much the tickets are? I think it's thirty bucks for the bowl and forty for the floor. Okay, so it's not no, it's great. Ridiculous by any stretch. Well, that's uh, yeah, that's interesting. It's gonna be it's gonna be It'll a be fun, fun week. Yeah. yeah. When is that? July. Yeah, third week of July. Okay. All right. Before or after Stampede? After. Always right after. after. Right. 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 Well, that'll be fun. I'm excited to see some uh, Stampede concert dates too. We do have we, and still nothing announced there yet, right? Nothing. I think they've announced some of like the big Saddle Dome shows, if I'm mm. not mistaken, but none of the Coke stage shows. Last Which time is... I checked all new right the coke stage is gone what what do you mean oh i didn't know Uh oh they i'm breaking the bad news what do you mean the coke stage was dismantled torn apart they've got something else in its place now and that but that's still going to be as far as i know that's still the same area but the coke stage itself gone oh why I don't know if it was deemed unsafe or. I mean, I like wonder if it just wasn't big enough. That structure had been there a while. Yeah, a long time. Damn, I had so, no idea. But as far as I know, it's the concerts will still be at the same spot. But yeah. don't quote me on that. Well, we do have one scoop on that, and it's something we should all be excited about. So keep it at that. Do I know this? Yes, oh. I believe so. If not, I'll tell you off mic. Yes. Um, all right. So who do we have today? Big friends at Sawback Brewing Company. We just uh, so we record at Communal Creative Studios, yes. which is on Ross Street in mm-hmm. Red Deer. And yep. there's a beautiful patio just across the street from us that has a lot of great restaurants. Yeah. Uh, really cool area to go kind of eat. And there's a new uh, beverage down there. Sawback right? just brewed a beverage specifically for the Ross Street. Very patio. cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, Go Services Inc. Post oh. Bar and Stage. Our friends here at Communal Creative Studios. Buster of the course. Dog. Buster the dog. And our guest today, John Angus. From the Truce. Oh, there he is. So sorry, guys. I just lost track of time in the time zone thing and all that stuff. It's all good, good. man. All good. I had a feeling that that would actually probably come up. I should have said something. Yeah, it's my first time uh, time traveling in a while. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, so first time back on the road uh, for two years. I guess first, let's start with, like, I'm curious to know, because it's not very often we get to talk to somebody that's just starting a tour fresh. This is show number one for the first time in a couple of years. What was, what's the checklist like leading up? What have the last yep. five days been? Um, well, we traveled out here by bus, which was, uh, you know, it was nice to be, you know, feeling the wheels under us again for the first time in a couple of years. I think we got a little bit rusty at things like packing. We all forgot a bunch of stuff. Uh, we had to do a fair amount of rehearsing because we haven't been out in front of crowds in a little bit, you know, a little while. But um, the checklist was just like, you know, sort of checking and double checking everything because like we're all a little rusty. So we'll see how it goes tonight. 
Any any additions to those those checklists compared to pre-pandemic touring? You think? Um, yeah, masks. I yeah. guess a little extra hand sanitizer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff we can't do still, like we're not doing meet and greets in person and we're not doing a lot of in-person, even what we're doing now. Um, so yeah, there's a little bit of different stuff, but we're, we're just happy to be back at it in any kind of way, shape or form. I'm curious, what are a couple of the things that you forgot? Um, you know, let me think about this. There, I, I forgot a toothbrush and, uh, I forgot, I also forgot how tricky it is to tour on a bus where like you keep half your luggage in the bus bay and you keep half your luggage on board. And then when you have to shower, the stuff that's on board doesn't necessarily come in or with the stuff that's underneath. And you're kind of like half your stuff is everywhere all the time. So um, I've been forgetting a lot of stuff. Oh, well, it (laughs) sounds like a great way to start night one of four in a row, right? Yeah, exactly. Precisely. So Winnipeg. Winnipeg's where you are tonight? Yeah, that's right. We're in Winnipeg. We rolled in uh, last night. And then uh, again, night one of four. How are you, how are you guys ready for just four quick nights in a row? I think so. I mean, talk to me on the fourth night, yeah. and I can I might tell you different. But um, we feel really good about um, the show we put together. Um, you know the, the, that you know we had a couple of long rehearsals, and we kind of dug up some stuff we haven't done in a while, and we have a whole album of fresh material mm-hmm. that we've yet to really road test. So. We're feeling really good about the way the set is shaping up. So, um, you know, as long as we don't, um, you know, party too hard, get too ahead of ourselves or too excited, we should uh, we should be able to make it last. <laughs> it's a good mindset. I don't know where you guys were on the road. There was a stop you guys had posted the other night. You were looking for sushi. Was that in Winnipeg? Yeah, that was just as soon as we pulled into town. We, no. Uh, we're not looking for some. We didn't find any. It was, it was, it was the Monday of uh, the long weekend, so a lot of things were closed. Um, there was like this fancy beer store that was open that we found. And then there was like, uh, another restaurant that we managed to get into, but no sushi. I'll admit, I don't, uh, delve into sushi too often, but I'm thinking Ever. Winnipeg's probably not the best spot to be looking for sushi. I mean, it's not much better than Red Deer, Alberta. Well, no, but you're like right smack dab Bur- in the middle. Very sushi, baby. Very <laughs> you know sushi. I mean, you would think, I mean, I'll knock on wood when I say this, but I feel like we've eaten sushi in everywhere. Like, you know, I mean, 20 years ago, it was just kind of hard to find. Yeah. Um, and then now it's it's everywhere. And it's kind of like the quality is pretty standard across the board, whether you're like thousands of miles from the ocean or huh. right next door. It all It's kind of all similar everywhere you go. Uh, and it hasn't betrayed me yet, uh, if you know what I mean. So I'll just uh, knock on wood again. Have they gotten into the Beyond Sushi? Is that what this I is? I don't th- I've never seen Beyond Sushi. <laughs> No, I never heard of no. it. No, uh, there's plenty of veggie sushi out there you can try. There's like okay. there's okay. fake, yeah, there's like fake crab meat. So that's yeah. beyond crab, I guess. Yeah, that's inter- That's a interesting point you make about 20 years ago not being able to find something like that as easily as you could now. And I mean that applies to all sorts of different cuisines from all sorts of different cultures, right? Like, like a, I mean, I don't know what it would have been like finding a bowl of pho or uh-huh. ramen 20 years ago. I don't think you would have, you know, and, and if you told me, you know, my 20 year old self that I would like all that food so much, I'd be like, like how, you know, but I remember we worked with on our second record, we worked with Jack Douglas who introduced us to eating sushi. I was like 23, 24 years old. I'd never tried it. And he would eat it almost every session, every, almost every day at the studio. And uh, he sort of got us into it. And ever since I, I've been, I've, I try to find it wherever I can, you know, and, you and, and it's true, there's a sort of foodie explosion that took place in the last like 15 or so years has really permeated like every corner of the globe, you know, 
the internet has accelerated all of that too. Like I also find there's very small differences between big cities and small towns anymore, like culturally, you know, because I feel like the internet has sort of leveled everything. I'm from a small town and there's a there's just as cool a coffee shop and restaurant and bar there as there is in Toronto. There's just mm-hmm. more of them in Toronto. But like the sort of culture of it is sort of uh everywhere. Oh, we're losing you there for a second. Let it catch up. Oh, sorry guys. Buffering. It's Buffering, all good. It's guys. all good. <laughs> We okay. are back. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's an interesting uh, point. Well, I'm glad that uh, you said it was John Douglas hooked you up on the Jack. sushi train. Jack Douglas, Jack, sorry, yeah. that's great. Yeah, yeah. We uh, could we could hook you up with some some fine fine. Some, we could hook you up with sushi in Red Deer. Um, okay. You could have some sushi, Actually, but there is some great foe here. Uh, yeah, there is. You'll, there is. You'll be at Bose, so I'm sure you'll have yeah. plenty of food. You'll be just fine at Bose. Cool. Awesome. Um, you get talking about 20 years ago. We'll, we'll talk about Wanderer and the new stuff that's out right now, but just to look ahead a little bit. Um, so the 20th anniversary is coming up next year, the first album. Have you guys started looking ahead to 20-year celebrations? Yeah, we've been talking about it. We've never done anything like that where we've toured a record before. Um, but I think it would be fun to do. You know, um, We're also talking to the label that, that has the, that record, um, about doing like a special box set as for the anniversary. And, and if that happens, I, I imagine we'll do some kind of tour. I'm not sure how far and wide it'll be, but uh, we'll do something to, to commemorate it. It's, you know, I, I say lasting is the new making it because it's just <laughs> super rare. Uh, and so it's, it's nice to be 20 years in and still, uh, you know, still headlining shows, rolling down the highway on a tour bus with your buds. You know, it's, it's kind of a cool accomplishment. So we, we hope to do something around the 20th anniversary. That'd be pretty cool. Well, and especially now it seems too, like you talk about having the lasting, like everything is just, it's, it's, everything's become bubblegum. Like even newer rock bands have such a hard time sticking, especially when it comes to radio, because it seems like those songs get played and then they're, they're gone. They're big hits and then they're gone. So you guys almost came up through that last generation of, of, of bands that stick and stay on the radio and will be on the radio for yeah. a long time. I, I don't know when that exactly switched up, but it does seem like it's tougher to stick now. Things feel a little more um, ephemeral, like not permanent. Like they feel like they come and they go. And I feel like that's just like the culture of social media sort of affecting all realms of life. Like everything feels like a meme or a hashtag that comes and goes. Leo, yesterday's news is like, it's like more like this morning's news, you know, like it's, it's just, it keeps coming and going in this never ending cycle. And I feel like music sort of gets caught up in that pattern, you know, from time to time. And we were just from a time when, um, you know, to, to be on much music and to be on, you know, radio coast to coast was a, was just a little more rare. And it was, a or I shouldn't say it's more rare because it's still hard to do. And, I st- and there's still bands doing great, you know, breaking through, but um, certainly you, you, to be seen on a screen alone was rare, you know, to have a video and be seen on a screen. But now that's not rare. Like everybody has that in the palm of their hands and everybody's creating their own MTV channel 24 seven and curating it however they like. And then the people that want to follow them can follow them as deeply as they want to go. So the whole thing has just turned up on its head and there's going to be winners and losers and good things and bad things about it, but it's just way, way different than the, the music industry we came up in. We, uh, we had a moment when we were first starting this podcast. Uh, I believe this would have happened in January when we have we had a video call with Greg Blackmore, who's based oh, yeah. in Calgary, and we were kind of um, this would I think this was January or early February twenty twenty one. Yeah, 
And uh, we had a Zoom call with Greg because we wanted to run this idea of this podcast past him and, and see what someone in, in his position with his experience thought about it. And in that same meeting, he showed us uh, uh, you know, a sneak peek of, uh, I believe, the first single off The Wanderer. I think we got to hear three or four tunes. Did we? Back okay. That That's right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Greg's, Greg passed away a few months ago, which is very sad, and he was a pretty influential dude important dude and in, in, in that side of the industry but uh just his excitement about it and what we were doing I, i'll never forget that zoom meeting because there, there's just so much positivity and hearing hearing those sneak peek uh, previews of your songs that that came out in fall of 21 um yeah, yeah some exciting stuff well I, I didn't know that he did that and I, i'm i'm glad that he did um I, you know he's one of the good ones you know you For meet sure. a million and he would he would use this term not me but you meet a million record weasels um, <laughs> you know, when you've been on as many labels as we yeah. have when, when you've been around as long as we have and he was one of the good ones you know yeah. he's one of the ones you look forward to talking to and he would always hip you to something new and um you know i'm gonna miss him a lot for sure yeah his passion was pretty much uncomparable to anyone i've met uh yeah. in my short time in this industry so yeah. you know you kind of mentioned with talking to the label that that has house of ill fame like is that going to be difficult moving forward because you guys have bounced around through labels a whole bunch yeah. was that like how did that all go was that intentional to just try different things or it wasn't intentional it was just like um you know we grew a lot through these different experiences our first two records came out with sony and then i think our manager and the new president at the time didn't get along so well and so we ended up over on universal for three records and then so it was some other kind of dispute after record three that led us to walk from that and we went to network and they ended up with most of our catalog. Um, so, but, but, but then we were kind of free agents after that experience and we ended up making this new deal with Cadence Known Accomplice who are under Universal. So now we're back at the Universal family. <laughs> and one thing you realize is it's such a small industry. Um, people are changing positions and changing careers. Like it's like radio, you know, you see a guy like, I thought I saw you in Edmonton and now you're in, you know, Regina. And I thought I saw you in Medicine Hat and now you're in Calgary. And like, that's the same kind of thing at the music industry. You know, it's like, you, you see these people floating around and, you know, um, and everybody ends up wearing a lot of hats. It's a small business. Um, so yeah, we, we've had some great partnerships and, and certainly, uh, you know, the situation we're in right now is, is a good one. Um, so tonight you play uh, this this one show first first uh, tour show in a while, right? You played a show last month, I think. We did. We do. We've done one offs, right. and we did a lot of weird oddball stuff through the pandemic. Like we did some drive-ins and some socially distanced uh, this and that, and some live stream this and that. But this is the first like normal tour in well over two years. And are are you anticipating uh, feeling a certain way when you guys walk off the stage tonight? I, I hope to feel good. You know, I hope to feel like you did a job well done and that we connected with some people. And um, we've, we've been noticing that people have been as hungry to see it as we have been to do it. Yeah. You know, there seems to be a real appetite out there for, for getting out and seeing music again. So um, I, I just hope to feel like we got, we made a connection. You know, that's what you hope to do at a show. And now what about going into tonight? So your new single enemy is the first single you guys have had with you handling vocals. That's so right. tonight will be the first night. So how, like, do you take center stage then for that? How's it working with you doing vocals on that one? I'll, I'll stay on stage, uh, stage left, <laughs> you know, I'll stay on the same mic, but uh, you know, it, it was, uh, it's been fun. It's been a, an interesting way to shake things up. And the song came about in such a personal way. Like a, it actually stemmed back to me jamming with my son. That's how we, that's how I kind of came up with it. 
And then I demoed it on my own and played all the instruments and, and showed it to the guys. And it just kind of became like demoitis where it just made sense for me to sing it when it came time to do it for real. Um, so yeah, it's nice. It turned out great. And, and I think it's a little something different for people that have been following along for 20 or so years, you know? Wait, where, where does that song, uh, where are you guys playing that in the set list? Um, back half, back half. Okay. Of the, All right. Back half of the list. All right. No, it's not really, you're not getting it over and done with right away. No, no, I got a little time to warm up. I'm okay. not as seasoned a vocalist as Colin. So I, need, <laughs> I need time. I need time to, to warm up, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I love the story of you writing it with your son, and you had a, a great post as well on, on Instagram, just kind of the, the building of that song. Um, so yeah. you've got two boys, uh, Isaac and Elliot. Elliot seems to be, like, I see a lot of videos of him on the drums. Yeah, he's he's a killer. He's he's had a knack for it since he was two. I, I shit you not, two years old. He was playing sticks bigger than him, but he could keep a beat. Wow! And uh, it was just such a joy to to watch him uh, learn to play, and you know, to have such a passion for it so early. So I would just, you know, try to nurture that. And and if anytime he wanted to jam, I would just drop what I was doing and go downstairs and play with him. And and then he also grew up in a house where it wasn't unusual for four or five grown-ass men to disappear into the basement or the loft and and invent songs for hours at a time you know he grew up in that kind of house where the, the guys would come over we'd make a cup, pot of coffee and disappear and you know he'd be listening to us in the basement like making shit up and uh, so he just thinks that's normal he's like yeah everybody has a house where you can write a song in in, in the house uh so he just like then he's like i guess i'm a songwriter too so he'd start making suggestions like, you know, I want to write a song that goes like this, or I want to write a song that has the line. And in the case of Enemy, it was the lyric. He's like, I want to write a song that, that goes, I know what it's like to be the enemy. And I was like, that's a really cool line. You know, what's, what is that about? And he's like, it's about, you know, Marvel movies, bad guys. <laughs> I was like, oh, I think I'll change the meaning, but I like the line. Um, so yeah, that, that was the sort of genesis of it. Wow, that's very cool. And like, was he invested in the process beyond that? No, no, he still had the attention span of a five-year-old. Yeah. So it was like, when I started playing my idea for it, he's like, no, nah, no, nah, it, it's not supposed to go like that. Let's move on. He can remix <laughs> he it a few it more years. Like an Iron, he wanted it to be like an Iron Maiden or Sabbath song. Like <laughs> so it won't be soundtracking <laughs> any Marvel series. Marvel movie, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, and uh, does Isaac... He's like, I failed him. Does Isaac show the same Sorry, uh, will towards music? He loves it, but he hasn't picked anything up yet. He's four now, yeah. uh, so he hasn't. He's been a little more shy to 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 dive in, but he loves it. You know, it's like all little kids. If you if you put on the Beatles or or anything that's sort of timeless, you find them just bouncing around the room to it and and getting a lot out of it, which is it, which is awesome. You know. So it's conceivable. We've seen sons and daughters of other musicians play in in bands or fill in here and there. But I mean, it's conceivable at some point the Trues could just continue on for another generation. You and Colin retire, and the McDonald brothers still could just carry on the family business. Yeah, that's right. We're uh, we're breeding our replacements. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure at all. Yeah. Oh God, who knows? That'd be pretty great. I think you'd yeah. have to rename it a little bit though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that I think that's Kiss's plan. I heard that the Kiss's plan is like eventually to just like franchise it out right. to whoever needs to wear the makeup and play the songs. I mean, it's kind of brilliant to paint your face in that you don't ever have to age yeah. and it doesn't even have to be you. 
I mean, Ace Frehley is not even in the band, but somebody's wearing his paint, so it's like it's all the same to his fans, you know? That's a really good point. I, I like the authenticity more of having. But yeah, how, how, what does it matter if you can't tell who I it get, is? Well, especially with the face paint. I get it. I get it. Um, so the tour brings you guys into Red Deer uh, this weekend. We can't wait to see you again. If you guys looked ahead, I like was looking at your schedule. So you're playing in Edmonton on Monday night. That's uh, right. There's, there's this little hockey series going on in Alberta right now, and we've had a few bands. Well, oh, the Beaches um blue stones any, anyway gang uh played edmonton i was at edmonton on friday and it was a game night be, yeah. uh and the room was definitely had a few less people in it i think so if you guys looked ahead that you're in edmonton on a potential game seven night that's gonna be game seven <laughs> if, we're, if it goes there yeah. it won't the get game there. will be in calgary it it's there. not gonna get there the, the game will we be in calgary well, but we might as well cancel you know? <laughs> I mean, like, how do you how do you compete with that i mean We've been watching all the hockey from the front lounge of the bus. It's been really great. It's been great hockey, you know, yeah. like it's, it's the playoffs. I mean, to, like, we were a little sad. Colin was sad to see the Leafs go. I was sad to see the Penguins go. But um, but it's just great hockey. And, and um, I'm, I don't know what's going to happen in Alberta, but we have played a Game 7 hometown before. Remember the, the run that the Canucks went on? Yeah. Uh, that brought them all the way to the riot, to all the way to the end? Yeah. Um, 2011, had, whatever, I think. Whatever series was versus the Blackhawks, it was either the second round or the third. It was it was a very important game, and it was a game seven, and we were playing in town on the same <laughs> night. And I think I think we had like a we can't beat them, join them attitude, and we actually just played the game behind us. So at least everybody was looking in our direction, and not like not like looking over at the TV across. You know, I'm like, hey, they're still looking at us. Then at one point in the middle of some song, they go like. Aah! Yeah, but it's because they score. Some guys in the background screaming, "God damn it!" While you're doing a solo. Yeah, that's a that's a great idea, though. I don't know what we'll do. I mean, if there's so many potentialities, you know, like if if they if they win, I mean, people are gonna want to party. I'd be inclined to just wait. Right. If they lose, I don't know. I just hide. Okay, sorry to put that into your headspace, but I mean, yeah, it won't happen. There's no way. Well, you guys are clearly Flames fans. Uh, not in my lifetime. No. Yeah. <laughs> not in my lifetime. I'm a Leafs guy, but uh, in in these parts, I definitely cheer for the Oilers. It's we're having fun with it in Red Deer, obviously, right? Because we're split right down the yeah, middle. I, I think we definitely tend to lean a little more Oiler than Flames here, but uh, it's fun and will probably like help the bars out that have lost so yeah. much over the last couple of years. I mean, this yeah. single-handedly, I think, is going to be putting a bunch of people back into the. I think it's great. Plus. And when I heard when I heard it was going to be the Battle of Alberta, I thought, well, at least one Canadian team's going to round three. Yeah. yeah. But that's good news. Uh, and maybe even all the way. So either way, it's good news. Um, so we were talking uh, the the feeling you're you want to have after your first show back tonight on a proper tour, um, and the idea of connecting with people who are eager to get out to see live music. Have you been in their position in the last few months? Have you been able to take advantage of any shows? Yeah, I did. Uh, I've been out to a, quite a few shows um, in Toronto and in, in the surrounding area. Um, I went and saw The Darkness. And oh, wow. That was awesome. Was that, the, saw, that, was that a tour? Were they opening for – Well, did, wasn't he just in the news last week for – were they opening for Bon Jovi? Well, they were headlining, well, they were, they were headlining when I saw them. They were oh, for okay. the Club okay. Phoenix in it, Toronto. Yeah. Have you watched his YouTube show that he's doing? No, but it keeps popping have up. You, yeah. You've seen it? It's excellent. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, like, yeah. but I'm wondering, like, how did how do the other musicians feel about kind of being sliced apart? Like, isn't that something kind of uh, would you I, have to handle that cautiously when critiquing honestly, other artists? You do, but I, you know, if I the more I watch it, the more I think he's being like pretty fair. He's yeah. not like a hater. 
He's like, like legitimately breaking it down in musical terms and he's criticizing it where some criticism is due and he's also giving tons of props where props are due. And, and I, I always thought that that band kind of walked a fine line between like tongue in cheek comedy a little bit and yeah. seriousness. Even when he is being critical, you're kind of just like laughing along. It's not like too harsh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but that show was great. And I went and saw Daniel Romano. I don't know if you, or mm-hmm. Mano. I don't know if you know him. He's fantastic. Yeah. Um, what else have I seen? I saw this band called Golden Feathers, who are a Hamilton band. I went and saw Tons, you know, one of Sloan's, uh, another one is Chris Murphy's side project. So I've been, I've been out quite a bit, actually. It's, it's felt really good. That's awesome. Yeah, we've been, I mean, we've just been slammed with shows here at Bose. I was in Toronto last week, managed to catch a show at the Horseshoe, which was was really great. It's been too long. And yeah, and then I got back and from my five days in Toronto, and you're look, staring down like five shows in six nights or some madness. It's like, yeah, it's, we're going yeah, full I've seen out here. more shows in the last two weeks than I did in those two years. So yeah. it's... Everybody is making up for lost time. You know, I, I think, I mean, there's a, a couple of reasons that most people have to get out there and make up for lost financial time. But also, musicians are born to play, and they don't want to sit at home, and everybody... You know, everybody has to get out and do it. So, I mean, if it's a good time to be a fan, you know, if you got lots, lots of options. Yeah, lots of options. Just make sure you you go out and seize many of those opportunities. Uh, speaking yeah. of fans, one of the things you guys do the best and have been doing the best for a long, long time is fan involvement, um, you know, through your Patreon, including people and stuff. And I forget what was there was a precursor to Patreon that you guys were involved in as well. What was that? It's called Pledge. Pledge. That's right. right. Yeah. They went they went down in a. Uh, yeah, they went down in a flaming <laughs> pile of. Yeah, I don't know. It was too bad. They, yeah, they went under and it took a lot of people's money with it. Um, but it's unfortunate. Well, when it worked, it was great. It was yeah. a great, like, sort of pre sale. You know, the way we used it was we kind of like pre sold the record we were working on and people could sort of pledge to get like enhanced experiences, you know. So people came by the studio and got to sing backup vocals or people got to, you know, come to like do like a, an album preview when it was done and listen to it with us. And, all these kind of cool enhanced experiences. It drums up hype for the record. It makes money for the bands. It also like uh, gives fans a real sense of ownership over the stuff you're working on. And it was great for a couple of cycles, and then they they kind of went down in a in a, in a hail of bullets or something. I don't know what happened, <laughs> but it was it did not end well for them. All right. Well, Patreon has picked up the slack for sure. So you guys just did something where you had fans vote on their favorite songs for this upcoming tour. Uh, so the yep. top three were Ishmael and Maggie, Sing Your Heart Out, and Not Ready to Go. Any surprises in that yeah, list? On the list? You know, on the list, I was really surprised to see, like, our two newest albums um, placed so highly. I, right. I, I, for some reason, I feel like people always glorify, like, when they first hear your band, they tend to think, like, more nostalgically about those records. But I think Civilianaires, which was our last record, came in third, and then the new one was tied in for fourth, with our first album so that wow. kind of surprised me that the newer records are still resonating with with the hardcore fan base in the way that they are that was that was a pleasant surprise i have a very uh, distinct visual memory of being in the back seat of my family car uh probably driving from oakville to whitby to see my grandparents and hearing not ready to go on the radio probably would have been the edge at the time um and, uh, and then, yeah, going home later that day and illegally downloading it from uh, LimeWire Kazaa. I forget which one, but uh, ended up on my RCA Lyra. So, yeah. Right, man. Was... So it was called, like, 
not ready to go oh, by the hyphen. Band. Yeah, hyphen, <laughs> exactly, yeah. hyphen, trues Roberts band. Yeah, 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 yeah. Roberts. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, yeah, that would have been. Was that would that, would that have been twenty minutes? Because twenty years ago. Because I, yeah. for some reason, and and I had to double check today, but I have. For some reason, I, I've convinced myself that both the Trues and Sam Roberts were at Sarstock. Uh, we were. You're not wrong, but we didn't play at it. We were, were in the audience. Okay. Sam had. <laughs> Sam had. Um, he had like about a year head start. On yeah. Us. He okay. Everybody before us, and um, but we played a lot in those days together. Like, yeah. Even in small clubs, you know, like we did a lot of touring together. Um, but I was at that concert, and and they opened that concert. Yeah, they I did. remember it well. Um. But there was something else you do. Oh, you were talking about 20 years. The thing is, Not Ready to Go didn't really hit until 04. So oh, that would wow. get a memory of you going to your grandma's or whatever. That was probably 04. Like, the album came out in, 0th, in 03, but that didn't really like take off that year. All right. All right. Well, you've you've added uh, some clarity, some perspective to a decades-old memory. I, I very much appreciate that. <laughs> So that was yeah. When you were driving to your grandmother's, it was actually 2004. All right. And then, you, then you went home and robbed me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, Lars. <laughs> He'll make up for it when you guys are here on. Sunday. I was 12 years old. I'm sorry. No, no, Buy the man a beer on Sunday, okay? Are you that young? You're that much younger than me, man. That's crazy. I was 23 at the time. You were 12. Yeah, 12 or 13. So uh, not that. You that's... Didn't, didn't know any better. No, I'm, I mean I, I was I thoroughly. Uh... I knew what I was doing. I, 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 was doing I indulged. I indulged in the Napster and LimeWire because, uh, just like everybody else back then. I remember my dad actually bringing me. It was. It would, this would have been years before because we were actually living in Toronto at the time. Totally different house. But I remember him being like, "You gotta check this out. It's this. It just got Napster." And like I would have been at that point probably nine or ten. He was like, "Type in any song you want," and I typed in. I think I searched up Bowie's a Bowie song, and uh, yeah. Uh, few minutes later i was listening to it yeah. and it was like magic was it was crazy when it came out and, and and you would get like you would there would be like long rumored like you'd start searching for like stuff from chinese democracy which hadn't seen <laughs> the day yet and then they would label it that but it was just like a live version of knocking on heaven's door you know or something like that yeah. it was just uh but those were the uh, the early days of of streaming essentially yeah. that's what that turned into yeah totally well, Pete, you got anything else? Well, to see where it's ballooned to now, the other thing you guys do, like, fully in on the TikTok, how much of how much of your day is consumed by coming up with that stuff? Because you guys are incredibly active. Yeah, I try not to let it permeate my... Listen, I, I don't love it. I don't love social media. Like, I, But for me, it's like uh, a necessary evil for the marketing of the band. You know, it's where people go to check in on your band. Yeah. And... Um, we try to keep things up to date, have a little bit of fun with it, but I try not to take it very seriously because it's it's really not the the serious part of the job. And the more people that put that weight on it, the more that the work and the art of it's going to suffer. So we do it uh, for fun here and there, but that's not really the important part of the job. We try to keep our eye on the prize, P playing good shows, keeping up your musicianship, writing good songs. That's that's what it's all about. And I I just I hope the future of bands still see all that stuff as worth worthwhile like hitting the road putting in the hours putting in logging the hours on the road because this other stuff is fun and it's a it's a pleasant distraction but it's not it's not the meat and potatoes of, of what we do you know it's so temporary too right kind of like it's we so temporary to. And, and again it's it's a great marketing tool you know it's powerful that you can reach all your people in in the in instantly like if we change the showtime right now 
yeah. by an hour. Everybody could know instantly, and that just was never the case. So that's kind of cool. But like, I just see a lot of weight being put on this stuff with new artists over all the other stuff, and uh, I, I I don't love to see that. No, that's a very uh, grounded perspective, I think, for sure. Yeah. The culture, the culture is so so broad, so vast. But uh, yeah, if you dial in on that stuff, you're kind of ignoring the basics a lot of the time. Yeah, to me, it's like it's an afterthought, but it's an important afterthought. It's like it's it's just where the media landscape has drifted. You know, yeah. it's the it's it's just important now. You know, uh, and it was it was what started out as like a sort of joke has become like the main marketing tool for music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know I mean? it's true. So, uh, so you got to keep that in mind, but we just try to have fun with it, and it's it's really more of an afterthought um, once you have your your music together and your act together. Yeah, we'll get you on there one of these days, Pete. Your own TikTok. No, sir. All right, fine. Fine. Uh, okay, so we're about four hours away from the first show of the first tour in two years. What do the next four hours look like? Well, I haven't sound checked yet. I was supposed to start at three thirty, but sounds like they're late because I, I would get an angry text message by now if they weren't. <laughs> um, so we sound check for about almost an hour we have like a i said we're not doing meet and greets but we do have like a fan club they come in to see the sh a bit yep. of the sound check we have like a little mini show in the afternoon and then i'll find some dinner and then probably lay down on the bus for half an hour get changed and go play the show cool man well we're looking forward to seeing you here in red deer in a few days thank you so much for uh taking the time to sit down with us it's good to see you guys again, and thanks for having me on. This is cool what you're doing. I, I know we've talked at the radio station before. We've talked a couple of times, yep. Yeah, but it, this is cool what you're doing. I, I love the podcast format. I think it's like such a looser style of conversation, and uh, you can get, get to some better places than when you sandwich between songs. Well, and that's what I just said. Like, I mean, in radio, you get the 10 minutes, right? And by the time you talk about the new album, the new tour, and you're pretty much done, and that's it. So, yeah. We didn't even get his take on apples yeah. yet. But, uh, <laughs> you're, we'll not gonna about, <laughs> you're not going to get my take on sushi, kazaa, <laughs> you know, correcting the record of, <laughs> the timeline. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, thank you so much. Have fun tonight. Okay, we'll see you Sunday. Thanks for having me on, guys. Peace. Okay, see you, man. Cheers. John Angus McDonald from The Trues. Really nice guy. Delightful man. And a great family man as well. Yeah. If you follow him on his Instagram, he, he posts yeah. a lot about his kids. and Yeah, really nice abilities. guy. A great guy. Hat guy. Uh, and always got a pretty cool hat. And awesome to see that he's stepped up. Like, how often do you see another member of a band step up and take over vocal duties when that's not their typical... Yeah. Does he not? He doesn't sing backups at all, or harmonies? He, okay, yeah, yeah, harmonies, yeah. but brotherly harmonies, brotherly harmonies, yeah. but never uh, front and center. So, yeah, I always enjoy chats uh, with John Angus. That one was interesting as as we were talking to John Angus. So this was recorded. Uh, we recorded this interview on Wednesday. Yep. And as as we were talking to John Angus, the news was breaking at the time of the Rob Elementary shooting in uh, in Texas. Yeah. Which uh, would have been. You know, obviously it would have been pretty fresh to bring up with them at the time, uh, but the Trues wrote the song Gun Control in 2008 after the Virginia Tech shootings. Right. Since then, I've, you know, I've gone back and listened to it quite a few times over the last few days. Yeah. Uh, and it's just pretty sad that all these years later. Nothing. And the lyrics, like, could very easily transfer over to way too many events. Yeah, I'm definitely starting to lose a lot of empathy about that sh shit because it's just like, you know, other countries have done something about it. To great success right right and to me if you're not doing and they're not doing anything about it so yeah. to me that means you're condoning that you're saying that this 
it's going to happen every once in a while, and we just got to live with it. Yeah, which is absolute horseshit. That is essentially the role of government to yeah. protect the people, and yeah, I don't know. What are you going to do if the people keep voting those people in? Then it's like again, like that. That's it happens so often. It's always so horrific. This one, uh, I mean, the details are are fucking crazy, and I, I truly I haven't spent too much time on it because again, losing empathy. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. What are you going to do? Yeah. At this point, that is pretty much all you can say as a as an outsider, as a bystander. It's just like fuck. Like as the meme goes around of the there? of the whole cycle of this of how it you know, all the the heartbreak, the thoughts, the prayers, yeah. the, the, every you know it's all, and then it goes away, and then it's going to happen again, and the whole cycle just continues to repeat itself. I don't know what it takes. Yeah, David Cross has something. a new bit in his stand up that came out a couple months ago, and he he basically paraphrasing but you know instead of thoughts and prayers it should be like chants and spells or something like that because it's about as useful <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um yeah so i'll be curious to see i don't i haven't checked a true set list to see if they've because they do Is that a song they, do they play usually it. play they, okay they do, okay they do play it it has been brought out and i do remember talking to john angus once upon a time and they did play it uh in the deep south in oh the US right as well yeah uh and and i think the the quote of that time was something like i mean to hell with it we're gonna that's how yeah. we feel so we're gonna yeah we're gonna play it. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunate business, but uh, the true show will take your mind off of it. Will be great. Uh, and they, yeah, they just they have written some important tunes over the years. That gun control is good. Totally. Highway to Heroes. I mean, uh, they are another great gift yeah. that they have given. Basically, the official Remembrance Day song of the last fifteen years. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, Who do you have a band like that you would just never? If they come through town, there's no whatever you're doing. You'll change plans to be there every time. Well, I mean, a band that I would never imagine to be in town. Well, no, let's, <clears throat> let's pick somebody that like, because again, we we th these bands crisscross our country over and over and over again. Yeah. And it's pretty pretty easy to say, you know what? I saw the Trues last year. Yeah. I'll just wait again until next year. And yeah. You never know when that next year isn't going to be a thing anymore. I mean, if there was an opportunity to drive under three hours to see Fucked Up again, I would do that. There's probably yeah. I'd, I'd have few. to think about it. Yeah. You're the you you would drive across state lines for a couple bands more than <laughs> a couple. I've got, I've got a few. I don't know what uh, Buster's eating something. So Buster's um, eating something. I don't know what he's eating? Well, maybe Buster if should we... subscribe to the Communal Creative Studios YouTube if channel. If all of a sudden there's snow uh, and he's chewed through a cord, <laughs> I don't know what he's. There's something tasty on the floor, Riley. Did you drop? Oh, hey. oh, Buster, what are you eating? All gone. All gone. Yeah, it'll be fine. Right. He's fine. Okay. Um. Yeah. No. I. Uh, there's many bands. I think, but uh, I would have to really consider that. He doesn't listen to Riley. That's uh, fair. Buster has subscribed to the YouTube channel. Come over here. That's buddy. great. That's oh, great. Um, over here. We're. Uh, you know, we got some goals for subscribers on the uh, Communal Creative Studios YouTube channel, and if you haven't subscribed, it takes all of thirty seconds. I am not. Costs I'm, nothing. I'm not afraid to turn this dog on people. If Ooh, you aren't boy. If you oh, aren't boy. subscribed. And by that, he will lick you like crazy. Oh, okay, so that's... okay. He is a nice dog. No biting. No biting. Just, no biting. just licking just, you just to he subscribe. Will... Yes. <laughs> He'll lick <laughs> you to subscribe. That's a whole other YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I know that our friends at Sawback and Ghost Services, Inc. have definitely subscribed. Um, Bo's Barn Stage, I think, should probably. Oh, totally. 100%. 100%. Producer Riley, thank you for coming in on a Sunday. Yeah, we appreciate it. Ryan is uh, busy doing sound check for the trues as we speak. Busy time, man. All right, so we get the trues out of the system, and then we're back when? Wednesday.
The Road the Stage is produced by Ryan Cooley and Riley Sir Yin at the Communal Creative Studios in Red Deer, Alberta. In partnership with Go Services Inc., Sawback Brewing Co., Tourism Red Deer, and Bose Bar and Stage.